It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, that's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! All right, 5 o'clock hours here. End of the work week for Adam Hill, myself. It'll all be done after this. Ari. <laughs> what? What are you doing this weekend? You got UFC? My day's just getting started. How's that right? Well, you're a hard worker. You're a hard worker. Right. You're very underappreciated, and I uh, wish someone would uh, stick up for you. Now on, that the season's on, on over. On social media, that would be nice a, to get a good message of support. You got a lot of messages of support the other day with uh, your birthday, which I think I accurately called out. Uh I don't know if you saw this, Ari, but Adam, middle of the day, sends out, this Wednesday's his birthday, happy 45th, he sends out a message, and he's like, hey, thanks for all the wishes. And I'm like, well, that was clearly an effort to get more wishes. It was actually, I I was trying to figure out a way, because I didn't just want to throw out the free Britney. I wanted to put it in context. Oh, okay. So I was like, today is, yeah, sure, it's my birthday, but who cares? Hashtag free Britney. And then I actually did a couple interviews that day and closed everyone with with free Britney. People were very confused. You love Britney. I genuinely love Britney, and you love the Free Britney story. It's a tremendous story, and uh, it it took a turn on my birthday, so I was very pleased about that. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big Five at Five, number five. You know, social media is a fascinating place. We all have our kind of approach to social media. Adam uh, is a kind of a a glamour you-know-what for nice messages, and on his birthday, he wants hundreds and hundreds of messages. Uh, you know, there are others who want, especially people who do what we do in the media, in the entertainment biz and TV, you know, radio, the newspapers. And, you know, they, they want to show like, hey, you know what? I'm here. I've arrived. I'm a big timer. I just got to mention Resorts World opened last night. And, you know, I saw this happen whenever it was last year with the downtown opening of Circa. Can, can those of us in the media stop with the black tie Fancy oh. dress. Hey, look at who gets access, baby! It's me! I'm having a good time. I'm partying. I saw a lot of that last night with Resorts World. Can we can we stop, please? It, when when do we when did when did many of us have to start making ourselves the story? It's it's amazing. Uh, now the flip side of that is it's just an innocent. Hey, I'm enjoying myself. Vegas is cool. I'm part of Vegas. So I like I understand that side. But I, I saw a lot of people. I was like, guys, stop. Well, I I will say like when I got the invite, I looked at it and laughed and said, who would go to this? And oh. Then, and then yes, <laughs> yesterday on social media, I'm looking last night. I'm like, wait, everyone yeah. decided that they're going to this. This is insane. What is going on? But I mean. There is always something, and I think that I, people did this before anyway. It's not just social media, but I think there absolutely is a part of it that's like, oh, this would be a cool thing to showcase on social media that I'm here. Like, hey, look at me. I'm here. I think there is a part of that, but I was like, there is no way. Like, it, it, the circuit was different to me. Like, I would have gone to that if I was in town. I wasn't in town for that. I probably would have gone to that, but like. That's somebody we know. Like, I have a pretty good relationship with Derek opening a casino. Like, that's different to me 
But like I, also, I, don't, I also don't see you doing black tie. No, no, definitely not. Got to no. finish. You said resorts world. It, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's a very cool. I can't wait to go down there. We talked about this yesterday. Like, yeah. I, I almost went last night, but I thought it was going to be too crazy. I'll probably try to stop by at some point this weekend. Sunday morning, 530 in the morning, I'll meet you there. Okay. Saturday overnight, Sunday morning. All right. I'm in for that. Right. Like, that'll um, be a good time. It'll be great. Uh, actually, uh, at some maybe we're try- we have to figure out a way. We have an old friend in town this weekend. We have to figure out a way to meet up with him at some point. We but- do. Which old friend? Former company member. Is that right? I had no idea. You're oh. on messages. <laughs> You're invited to. He's having a party tonight. You're invited. I saw it. But I am. Yes. Don't look at me. I haven't seen any messages. I swear to God, I have not seen any messages. Yeah, you're, you're on the message. He's, uh, he's probably like, why isn't Steve responding? Because I haven't seen him. Yeah. He's he's having a party literally downtown tonight. Okay. You want to go? I thought you were talking about Steve Kim, who we had on earlier. No. To talk boxing. Okay. No. All right. Looks like I got plants all weekend long. Yeah, Taylor's here. So we, we got to. What? I didn't know that's what, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know that. Taylor yeah. Burns back? Yeah. For the for this weekend. I swear, If you didn't just tell me now, I don't think I would have ever seen it. Yeah, it's there. God, I'm a, old. I don't know what I, this phone working. Yeah, so maybe maybe that's what we'll say. Hey, you want to go check out the new resort? Meet him down there at five thirty a.m. on Sunday. Uh, now, when we're talking about big timers going to these grand openings of different casinos and big events around Sin City, Mark Davis is certainly qualified. By the way, reading the TMZ write up of Mark Davis, some photos of him like hanging around craps table. He's got the champagne. He's got the suit on. Um, I don't know why I've never even like looked up his age. I didn't know Mark Davis. Is he sixty six? Yeah. I didn't know he was that old. Well, in your world, he's 75. What does that mean? Would you like to shave up, round up on people's ages? Why, did I do that earlier with you? Sure. By like a year. No, not a year. 70 to 79. Oh, you're, only, you're only 42. Yes. I do know what year you were born. That's true. That's impre- impressive. I still lie yeah, every time sure. I mention how old you are. Sure. <laughs> Just ignore the, the 79. So yeah, Mark Davis down there. That's cool. And especially after a terrible Hopefully. Thursday where he had the, the freaking fender bender, baby. Hopefully Mr. Davis had a driver. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been a little shaken up in the Mini Cooper. Sure. So I'm glad he's all right. Me too. Uh, apparently they ran out of food. I, I saw that from people on Twitter. I have no idea if that's yeah. the case. I don't know what the, what the plan was for how much food to have. I don't know if they mean the restaurants ran out of food or just the party did. I don't know. I hate to do this. Um, all right. Why didn't you go? <laughs> what? I hate to do sorry, this. Sorry, didn't get invited. Well, I just <laughs> you don't know that. Again, I, I do like to go back into the Cofield and Company history. I do feel like we had a producer in the past who would have gone. Oh, and there's nothing. And there's, nothing and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the spoils of Las Vegas and being a big timer. Who, who do you think I'm thinking of? Chuck. It was Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Ojeda. Sure. And we talked to Chuck at the beginning of the week. We did a great podcast on Monday night with Chuck and his friend, uh, his friend uh, Brett Ernst, who's uh, cousin Louie. And Cobra Kai. Yes. And uh, he's actually playing tonight, right? Yeah, South Point, 1030. Okay. Uh, a very good chance. Not, not Chuck. No. Brett. Comedian Chuck Brett. will probably be there. He probably, I guarantee he will be. But, uh, yeah, Brett, Brett's headlining over at the South Point at 1030. I most likely will be there. Come stop by. Say hello. <laughs> Give him a big hug. Shout Number out. four. <laughs> I'm making an appearance. Adam I'll signing autographs. I just thought that was the right thing to say. Obviously, I don't want anybody to come say hello. Okay, we've been here three-plus hours. We've been talking at different points in the show about the end of the Golden Knights season. It's sad. they got some work to do in the offseason. There's another level they can reach. We'll get into the whole issue. Do they need to blow it up seriously? Tinker here and there. We'll get to the goalie situation. i got to tell you, the first thing I did, I did not think of last night was Marc-Andre Fleury. And 
We're going to have to have this guy on next week. I, John Trich, I, I think you're great, dude. But he sent out a tweet. He said, Marc-Andre Fleury is largely why Vegas made the Stanley Cup semis. For him to carry the team but sit in the most critical game must sting. Leonard was fine. But explaining why a guy with one win in 45 days played over the heart and soul of the franchise is tough to reconcile. Oh, Come on. God, the emotion of getting wrapped up in this goalie thing and picking a side. It's not even that to me. Like I don't even think it's about the goalies. John is just he is this is he's, he's one of the he's one of the nicest guys that's ever done sports nicest, in town. He's like a nice he really is just great. a sweet Midwestern boy. He's just uh, so disrespectful. He's, he's so a, nice. He's your own man. I, I I know that one day uh I, I ran into him and there were some other people around and yeah. you know we I introduced him. He's like it was like the nicest conversation and some of my friends were just like you know, over the top, like raunchy, and I was like, I just want to be like, I'm sorry, man. Like this is not. I don't think you're ready for this. Like, it's, <laughs> like he's just, he's so but he nice. Re- he reps a lot of people. A I lot know. of people. That's what they were thinking about last night. Sure. Like, are they right? Like, did Flurry deserve the chance to potentially, you know, end the season or stretch it out? I think Leonard deserved the chance too. Yeah. Why would? And Leonard's a great he? guy, and he's a heart and soul of the team as well. Yeah, and, and how much did everybody talk about how, you know, how important Leonard was, and how important it was for the way Leonard handled everything, and the fact that he was like the number one cheerleader on the team when he wasn't playing. Like, why doesn't he deserve it? Like, I, I get, I get the point of this, of what he's saying here. Of hey, it's he's the heart and soul of the team. He should have had a chance to to be out there at the most important time. I get it, but like, you can say the same thing about Leonard. It's just when you're, when you're nice, you think about people's feelings. <laughs> Number three. Now, speaking of Leonard, I like Robin Leonard. He speaks a lot, right? And I think sometimes maybe he's a little too honest for his own good. And you pointed out yesterday that the Canadians kind of got a little pissed off or maybe, you know, got some bulletin more material from from what when Leonard was talking about his performance last time out before this game. Yeah, and I as I explained it to you, I was like, he wasn't even it wasn't like he was taking shots. Right. He what he said and People leave out the most important part of Leonard's quote from the other day. Yeah. Because he, he, he robbed uh, Cole Caulfield on a breakaway that essentially ended up helping, really did win the game for the in Golden Knights four, yeah. in game four. And when he was asked about it, you know, what were you thinking on the breakaway? And he was just honest. And he said, this is the part, again, that people leave off. He goes, what I'm thinking is I have a world-class player bearing down on me. And he said all he thought about was, okay, he's coming. It's Caulfield. He's like, what's the scouting report? He's either going to try to go five-hole or, or up high on me. He's like, okay, so where he's, where he's coming, it seems like he's more likely to go five-hole than up high. Like, he was just right. being analytical. He was not right. at all taking a shot at Cole Caulfield, but then they took it that way. Oh, unpredictable, huh? So this is last night, a matchup again, Leonard with uh, Caulfield bearing down. Will in front of his own bench. Tried to dump it in, went off the skate. Montreal has it once more. Lead pass right side, Caulfield through. He shoots and scores! What a shot from Cole Caulfield. He bursts through the right circle, goes crossbar and in. Top shelf on Leonard, two to one Canadians. And then he skates around and goes, shh. Yeah. Now, I, I thought on the goal that he actually faked low, got Leonard to drop a little bit, and then shot high. Uh, I think so, but also, What's what people weren't talking about yesterday because this goal was scored and obviously was a massive goal. Like a couple minutes before that, he had another breakaway and Leonard denied him when he tried to go five hole again. So then he, now he stopped him twice 
and now he just and and I don't even think it was you know I don't even think it was the fact that he went high it was the fact that it was an unbelievable shot and he went like he it was right. just great but then everybody's like oh he only goes five hole huh only goes five hole Leonard said he either goes five hole or a pie right like he he's got two options and he went with the other one so like it like the controversy was so blown up but sometimes you can take little things and and take them out of context on purpose and and just really run with it I would also say though I don't I wouldn't talk scouting reports as a reference when I'm trying to break down the game in public. True. Well, also, Leonard might not have thought he was playing again. Ooh. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Top two. Number two. Could there be massive changes on the way? We'll see. Uh, one guy who's... It's iffy, right? Alec Martinez played really well for this team. There's going to be a lot of people who want Alec Martinez. After the game, he was very bummed out. Very important that we play this because let's put this season in perspective. And I thought Martinez did a great job before, you know, any of his initial thoughts about the game itself. He looked back at the season. And he's like, damn, man, uh, the fact that we even got here, we played a season. We stayed you know, mostly safe. That was pretty cool. First thing that comes to mind is probably grateful. I think that uh, a lot of people, not just in our organization, but around the league, um, put in a lot of effort, did a lot of different things. You know, in, in a, in a, during a strange time that, that allowed us to uh, play this year. So I guess uh, a thank you and a tip of the cap to all those. I know there's probably countless people out there that made it possible. So I guess that first and first and foremost. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then this is where Martinez, like you really feel for the athlete who really freaking cares. And I think most of these guys on the Golden Knights were broken last night, really disappointed, end of the season. If you've competed at any level, it's not easy to lose. And some people take it harder than others. You know, when we don't, we're not on these teams. So like the next day, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, a hardcore fan of the Golden Knights. Um, so you just move on. It's not easy to move on right after the game when you're, you know, emotionally drained and like, damn it, we're out. I, I mean, this is incredibly disappointing. Uh, I think this is, um, you know, one of the best, if not the best team I've, I've played on. Um, and to come up short is uh, obviously really disappointing. Proud of the way the guys battled. You know, this is a, this is a great group. We obviously come up, came up short, but uh, really, really proud to be a part of this group and, uh, you know, play, play night in and night out with these guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously... Uh, very, very disappointed. Don't want to run to conclusions or jump to conclusions, but this could also be the last time we see Alec Martinez as a Vegas Golden Knight. And maybe part of you know what he was thinking there is like, hey, you know, like I'm really down on the dumps because we didn't win and I may not be here. Yeah, anybody that is an unrestricted free agent, there's you know, there's going to be mystery. Even if you want to come back, even if you think you're coming back, maybe the team doesn't want you back. Maybe it doesn't fit in their plan or under the cap. And maybe you never know. Like maybe you think you're coming back, and then all of a sudden. You know, some team is like, we'll give you $10 million. Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you never know what's going to happen in free agency. So I think anytime you're you're going into a year where you're an unrestricted free agent, there's that thought process of, you know, where where is my future? What's going to happen? Um, so, yeah, I think that there was a, a big part of that for sure. I do think he probably is in their plans. Now, whether that can work out or not is, you know, is anybody's guess. But I'm sure that when they look at things and the way that he played this year and how important he was to the team – I don't think that they'd be in a hurry to get rid of him. Number one. What's going to happen, Adam? What do you think? McPhee, Foley, McCrimmon are thinking. We got wholesale changes, tinkering. You run it all back. 
Well, we'll spend a lot of time next week and in the coming weeks talking about the first thing you got to make a decision on is Leonard and Florian, if yep. you want to carry two goaltenders and that kind of money on the roster, especially when, I mean, you'll tell us they have some goaltender depth within the organization, yeah. so they Logan, have they have backups available. Yeah, Logan Thompson's awesome. He'd be a perfect backup right now. I think he's probably ready for it. So um, that would be, again, it was the same last year, but my first order of business would be to try to find out what the market for Flurry would be. And that's going to be the start of where you are in free agency. Now, I wouldn't. You know, last year we talked about it. Do you want to like last year they would have had to give up something to get somebody to take Flurry off their hands? Maybe after this season, somebody would be interested. Somebody would want to. Maybe Seattle is like do the same thing for us that he did in Vegas. Who knows? But you at least have to gauge the market for Flurry. And then I know that Bill Foley said last year, hey, he's a, he's a Golden Knight as long as he wants to be. So I'm not going to make any moves with him. So if if you're hamstrung by that then there's not a whole lot of flexibility that you have. But there are some pretty potentially intriguing players on the market. I know the one that everybody is kind of focused on right now and talking about is Jack Eichel, who is, you know, a potential superstar who had a pretty down year because he was playing with a crappy team. Um, Maybe that's interesting, but you have to, you're going to have to create some flexibility somewhere else if you want to get them. The tendency of this front office over the last couple of years has been to make moves. Yep. They have not stood pat any offseason. So I'd be surprised if they did this year. Uh, but again, there's not a whole lot of flexibility there unless you part with guys that are important players. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some of the changes that could be made in terms of uh, the guys on those first few lines uh, offensively. Uh, we took calls earlier. Uh, Caller Robbie wasn't finished with, with his take, so he actually DM'd me more stuff. I actually want to read some of that because he mentioned Eichel, and he also mentioned, hey, maybe Mark Stone is... Not untouchable. We'll see if he can make a case. I'm not sure I believe it, but that's coming up. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Hits Price in the mask with that one. Boy, got him right in the mind. And the long rebound to Gallagher, who headmans the other way. Here come the Canadians, and they score! Leonard moving to his right, unable to stop Lackanen, who comes in on the wing. And the Canadians, for the first time since 1993, are on their way to a Stanley Cup final. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. So we got a whole offseason, even though the uh, offseason's not as long as normal, to talk about what's going to happen with the Golden Knights. What do they change? They change nothing. What happens with Leonard and Flurry? Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. We're going to talk to uh, Elko, Linda Cohn, in just a little bit. Big time hockey media member and uh, very much into the uh, Golden Knight story. She's coming up in less than five. Caller Robbie, he called in hour number one, but he, he wanted to DM me some more stuff. So I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. He said, Everyone's saying you can't trade Mark Stone because he's the captain. Well, Petrangelo and Patches were both captains, so they can fill that role. Uh, He said Stone is just too up and down in the playoffs and not consistent enough. Also on trading young guys to improve, he says people saying that the uh, Golden Knights can't trade Krebs because uh, he can turn into a top player. Well, what if you trade for a guy like Eichel, who's already a top five center and he's only 24 years old? 
Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. The, the problem is, again, if you're going to get Eichel, you have to make some pretty big changes elsewhere. And, and I'm totally fine with, you know, I, I know this started, you know, two weeks ago. I think it was Wyshynski was like, hey, if the Golden Knights don't win at all, we know how they operate. They're going to get Eichel. And that would be an interesting move. Taylor Hall would be very interesting as well. Um, but you can't, like, there, it is a salary cap world. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to move on. Now, I guess what he's proposing is stone out, Eichel in. Okay. I mean, but you're, how much, how much are you really changing if you're, if you're moving on from one star, bringing in a different star? Um, I don't know. Listen, they're smarter than me about what they think they need and what is going to help improve this team. Um, I also think you you have to look at the way the playoffs have ended the last couple of years and way the the way the regular seasons have gone. They're clearly a good team. And here's another factor that I don't know how this plays into it, but the Golden Knights could fall asleep and win the division next year. They're they're going to be playing in one of the worst divisions in the history of sports, and so they are going to win. I I was I was told by somebody they may be the biggest favorite to win a division ever in hockey, and so. You're, you can focus on how the postseason is going to go. You can focus on building your team for the postseason and not the regular season because you're going to win the division. Listener Sean said uh, VGK primarily scores on the rush. Last year they had trouble scoring against Dallas, which was number two ranked in the NHL defending the rush. Montreal was number one ranked defending the rush this year. Uh, his wife was actually <laughs> talking to us as well. She said, with all that high-paid talent, shouldn't our – Scoring portfolio uh, portfolio be more diverse, or did we not learn from last season? What do you think of that? I mean, it should, and and I think that that was kind of that was their hope. Um, and by the way, kind of was right. I mean, look what they did in terms of of solidifying the blue line. Alex Petrangelo, you know, we, we they already had Shea Theodore, who wasn't great in the postseason. By the way, that was another issue. Uh, but they bring in Petrangelo, who through the year had some struggles adapting, but in the postseason gave them another dynamic scoring presence on the blue line. And he was one of their best players. If not one of, he was their best player in the postseason. So yeah, they're, they're going to try to diversify. They're going to try to find ways to be better in the postseason. Uh, But it all starts with, as you said earlier, you've got to decide on the goaltender situation first. More of Cofield and company is on the way live in the Finley Toyota studios. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Rough day here in Vegas. It stays even more when you hear the, the freaking French call. I don't know why. Such joy. That was courtesy of uh, TVA Sports. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Oh, boy. We need someone to pull us out of the doldrums. Linda Cohn, ESPN, hockey expert. Hockey's back on ESPN next year, so we'll talk about how they're building their staff. Elko, how you doing? I'm doing great. Listen, I got to tell you something that's really interesting. So I tweeted out before the game. It was that afternoon. I was in my car listening to the radio, and I heard the song... 
Dreams by the Cranberries, mm-hmm. which I just heard moments ago. Mm-hmm. And that song was a hit in 1993. Uh, a great time for music, and it was a great time for the Montreal Canadiens. And something, and I tweeted out, I'm like, I don't know if this means anything, but heading into tonight, I just heard <laughs> one of the Cranberries' <laughs> biggest hits from 1993. Might be good, good karma for Montreal, and it turned out it was. So I just had a like, listen, I, I, we're all shocked, um, you know, especially after Vegas showed such resilience, escaping uh, the series against the Avalanche. Everyone and their grandmother thought the winner of that series was going to win the Stanley Cup or at the very least be in the Cup final. And it, and it was not meant to be because their best players did not play their best. Simple as that. Yeah, just so you know, everyone in town here is playing uh, zombie by the Cranberries because yes. we all feel, we all feel yes. like zombies today. <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> right 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 yeah well that was rough um and listen we're starting to examine what just happened because you know it's funny uh, i remember watching uh, keith jones on nbc uh, right at the end of the uh or towards the end of the abs and, and golden knight series you know he's like this is unbelievable he's like if you watch this winnipeg montreal series it's like a different level of hockey like kind of chuckling at the fact that the winner between the Avs and VGK was just going to freaking steamroll Montreal. Why didn't that happen? What? What? Why is Montreal so good in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, remember? I mean, you guys are in Vegas. You know, it was the, one of the most... I mean, Montreal was one of the biggest underdogs in Stanley Cup playoff history yeah. uh, going up against the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, we all knew it. Uh, how did it happen? Well, you know, Montreal blocked out the noise, didn't, didn't even listen to what the critics were saying. It inspired them because a lot of people thought the North Division, for one reason or another, was uh, exceptionally weak and just went to uh, big-time assumptions. And, uh, you know, they forgot that they had an incredible mix of players on this Canadians team, wily veterans, uh, guys that are hungry to win a cup, guys that won a cup, plus this infusion of young blood, which... Their head coach, their interim head coach, and I'm not talking Luke Richardson, who was the interim to the interim, but uh, Ducharme, before he tested positive for COVID, I mean, he, even, he didn't even play Colefield and uh, Kotkaniemi and early in the playoffs and Suzuki. And he was sticking with the veterans. So it's just the way they clog up the neutral zone. They, they just suffocate. Team, and that Phillips said, no, I'm telling you, I know everyone's like, okay, Montreal wins the Cup. Carey Price should win the Conn Smythe. You can make a case Philip Deneau should win the Conn Smythe for what he has done in every single round against the opposition's top scorers. He did it in every series for the Montreal Canadiens, and whoever survives tonight's game and faces Montreal in the final, he's going to do it to them again as well. I guess you know we'll find out, but did you get the sense that Montreal was kind of you know, satisfied with winning this series? No, not at all. I mean, listen, you just celebrate like that, too, if you just see <laughs> yeah. the team known as the Vegas Golden Knights who were heavily favored to win the Stanley Cup. So, uh, no, I think there's enough um, uh, veterans on that team that will you know, they'll have time to rejoice, celebrate, and the whole city, as you know, was celebrating last night. Thank God there were no, you know, serious injuries. Yeah. Um, but, um You know, uh, so they have time until Monday night. So, no, they'll get back down to business, and they mean business. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm so curious about – I know what the the odds have gone in favor of the Montreal Canadiens. I think they're still, like, to win the Cup. Now they dropped to, like, plus 160 
last I looked. So even before we know if it's going to be Tampa or the Islanders, I find that fascinating to watch that and see how that moves up and down. But let's face it, even the oddsmakers did not see this coming with the Canadians. And as we all know, those guys usually know everything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, if, you're a sport, if you're a sports fan, you know her voice, Linda Cohn from ESPN joining us. Uh, how quickly do we go from, you know, licking our wounds and feeling bad about the loss to, all right, time to get ready for next season? Yeah, I mean, this, uh, let's get back to a lot of work to do. Okay, so <laughs> they got to look in the mirror and say, okay, what went wrong? Uh, this wasn't all on the goaltending. Uh, everyone's want to point to the miscue by Marc-Andre Fleury. No, that was not a highlight of the series for the Vegas, of course. Uh, but it, what he, as I'll have to echo Pete DeBoer in that case. He's right. I mean, it wasn't just him to blame, and it wasn't just Mark Stone to blame, uh, even though I never saw that coming. You know, before um, this series, I think, I think early in the postseason, I picked Vegas to win the Cup, and I picked Mark Stone as my Conn Smythe Trophy winner. I love Mark Stone. I still think he was the perfect guy to be a captain for this team. You saw how hard he took it. Uh, you know he's going to come back better than ever. But that line, you guys need a number one center. Uh, that's what you'll be looking for. And, of course, everyone's talking about Jack Eichel this, Jack Eichel that, if you can pull off something to get him. And then, you know, you have some uh, business uh, regarding some UFAs. You know, Alec Martinez, I think you can hopefully you can find a way to keep him. That guy is money when it matters. Uh, but I don't know if you can. you got Jan Mark to worry about, no sex. Um, some guys are going to go. Um, but I think you need first-line center help uh, for sure. And you just got to figure out a way. I mean, you got to figure out a way to, to get the power play going. The power play wasn't that great during the regular season either. It was, a, it was atrocious in the postseason. But in the regular season, I think they were 22nd in the league. So these are all aspects that if I was the GM, I would look at first, number one center, and then you're going to, you know, you know Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be shopped again with that $7 million price tag, just like he was in the offseason last year. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to take very smart people, higher than my pay grade and yours, to figure out the money aspect and the numbers to improve this team and see if they can fill some needs here and go at it again because it's still remarkable. I mean, how many times? You've been in the, only in existence four times, three semifinal appearances, one final appearance. Uh, still absolutely an amazing uh, track record in that department. You mentioned the magic name. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard the name Jack Eichel today uh, <laughs> from everyone <laughs> everyone around town. Um, how how good can he be and how good is he? And once he gets out of, listen, I've spent a lot of time in Buffalo. All my family's in Buffalo. Once he gets out of there, how good can he, how good can he be? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, you really have to be around great players. Uh, Jack Eichel is going to be a get around guys that can put the puck in the net. If he indeed has somehow gets to Vegas or wherever he ends up, he needs to be on a team that has guys that can put the puck in the net because he will find those guys. And so, yes, it would be an amazing addition if uh, Vegas can pull off the mask and get him on your team because that's the kind of guy you need, you know, a young guy. And remember, Ryan O'Reilly back in the day, I know he was drafted by Colorado, but he was a Buffalo Saber. He was very unhappy there. He goes to St. Louis, reinvents his game, plays with better players, and what do you know? They win a Stanley Cup huh. in 2019, right? So, you know, that's what I look at. No offense to Buffalo and the Sabres, and I, and I wish them the best moving forward. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they got to they – listen, Golden Knights fans, at least you're not Sabres fans right now. Look yeah. at it that way. Linda Cohen's with us. 
Uh, Linda, I don't know if you saw the stuff last week that Ty Lue said about the Clippers that, hey, all the, you know, it's LA, all the Lakers fans need to root for the Clippers. Can you explain the relationship between Rangers fans and the Islanders? I'm guessing that you're not rooting for the Islanders. I actually am rooting for the Islanders. I have come a long way. Okay. uh, Probably (laughs) since we last chatted. Because it's just about because, you know, I'm rooting for the players. You know, I'm rooting for the players, the coaching staff. Uh, the organization. I know the co-owner John Ledecky really well. Um, you know, it's just a great story, just like the Canadians are a great story. No offense to Tampa, um, and I love John Cooper, and that team is amazing. And you know, who knows what's going to happen tonight? But um, yeah, I've come a long way, gentlemen. I mean, I'll always <laughs> love the Rangers. They're my, you know, you never forget your first love. Uh, so um, they're true to my heart. They always will be. Uh, but I'm not going to be a hater. I mean, there are some Islander fans that get under my skin. They're not the best. I never. I still don't understand why they threw beer cans on the ice <laughs> in a victory the other night. That really bothered me. But I was not going to make. You know, I was like, okay, I'm not going to. You know, uh, I'll pick my spots. You know, to do that. But that was kind of bizarre. Um, but other than, and I thought they got a free pass. I thought more people were going to rip that. And I, I don't know if I wasn't reading the right things. But everyone seems to. Oh well, you know, they've been partying since 10 a.m. You know. Oh, okay. Maybe that's a good reason. No, it's never a good reason to throw beer no. cans on the ice, especially when your team wins. I mean, right. so, I've never, I have never seen that in my life. Have you guys? No, have you guys I, ever no. seen that? I think people were too confused to trash them. We were like, wait, was there, there a tradition? Did yeah. we miss something? Yeah. What is going on yeah. here? Oh, no, I mean, it was just crazy. But also, you know, I'm coming to you. I live in L.A. now, and you mentioned Ty Lu, And, uh, you know, there's like a minuscule, a microscopic amount of Clippers fans here in L.A. It's all Lakers. It's all Dodgers. That's all that seems to matter here to the L.A. sports fans. So, you know, Ty Luke can dream about Laker fans rooting for the Clippers, but it, it's just not happening. Linda, let's wrap on this. The fact that uh, ESPN's getting the NHL back. You guys are starting to build a, a team. You've already got great people there. And I saw that uh, I think Messier's on board. How fired up are you for ESPN and the return of the NHL? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I, I, you know, holding the torch, feeling like I was leading the way. I mean, I host a daily show on ESPN Plus the last two years in the crease. So, you know, um, it's great. The the team, uh, ESPN, the people uh, in suits are making these decisions, of building a great squad led by the uh, Messiah, the captain, number 11, uh, Mark Messier. And, you know, you got Ryan Callahan there, another former Ranger, great, another former Ranger captain. Got two former Ranger captains on our team. For goodness' oh, sake, wow. what more do I need to say? You know, and uh, but it's great. It's going to be better than ever. And with all due respect to NBC, but when ESPN grabs a hold of something and spends a lot of money on something like they are with the National Hockey League, uh, they put it all on all platforms. Okay, it's going to have such a tremendous rippling effect on multi platforms. Not just when you're tuning in to watch a hockey game. Um, it's going to be everywhere, you know, Sports Center, the first take to get up to all of our, you know, brand shows, things like that. Um, so I'm really excited to see how this uh, moves forward starting in October. There you go. Thanks, Linda. Have a great weekend. We appreciate it. All right. All right, hang in there, guys. I feel your pain. <laughs> it's a dark day around Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, so starting next year, it's not only ESPN, but it's also TNT. So now you got uh, Messier is uh, an analyst on ESPN. We'll see what Gretzky's going to bring. Local Vegas owner, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, yeah. Part of the uh, the Lax group. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be 
on uh, on TNT. So, and I, as I pointed out, I don't want to bang on NBC and whatever. I guess they're doing what they think is good for business, but whew, the numbers down the stretch here on NBC with hockey, brutal. And they're I'm not going to be helped if it's Montreal Tampa. Yeah, I don't think so. I was trying. I was actually like Montreal's a great story. I don't know, man. I, I'm actually good. Part of the U.S. is not going to be down no. with it. Oh no, uh, I'm I'm really interested to see on the other side, like in the NBA wise. If you get Atlanta, Phoenix, <laughs> but the best part of it is like nobody's Atlanta Phoenix. Nobody's watching. But then people will be like, "Yep, oh, woke NBA." Like, no, it's the fact that there's nobody cares about those teams. The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at ten thirty. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So I was laying on a little thick about the uh, the dark day in Vegas. It's, it's not, you know, Adam and I are completely in the dumps. I had a couple minutes after the game last night, after the VGK game, where I was like, ah, it sucked. Well, it's, it's... But, we, you know, we play this thing down the middle. I want to see the Knights do well. Stanley Cup run would have been freaking amazing, but it didn't work out. And now we got a lot to talk about in the offseason about, you know, getting to the next level and fixing the team and taking your calls and your feedback. Uh, yesterday, I guess, was the most sad thing for you was Conan? Yeah. But I had no idea how long he was on. 28 years. So what was the deal? Conan O'Brien, last show? His last show, last night, TBS. Um, it was a weird show. Yeah. Um, wasn't a whole lot of comedy necessarily. He did like a 15-minute. I watched. Sad. Oh. I watched the, the 15 minutes. He kept bringing people out. And I actually thought of Ari and what he does for us is because uh, I guess one of the uh, – the Conan lackeys, as you would call him, um, one of the staffers, he was talking about him and said this. He's the guy that makes things happen when people try and shut us down. And he gets shot in the leg but doesn't say anything about it till later. Yeah, Ari's taking a bullet or taking two for bullets. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Conan was, I mean, like my guy. I will say um, he said something repeatedly and then, then thinking back, He's right. I mean, he, he he lived it when when he was first tabbed to take over. I like almost everyone's like, who? Yeah, who's this idiot? Yeah, and it was Lauren Michaels that kind of you know kind of as Conan said put his reputation online. I think well, he was a writer I that think, had no, almost no experience in front of the camera. Right, and he was a, a writer on The Simpsons. He famously and it was referenced uh, last night wrote the uh, monorail episode of The Simpsons, one of the most memorable episodes they've ever done, uh, and he was in it. So. Um, yeah, it was it, it was it was weird. Like I I haven't watched much of the TBS show. Every once in a while, there'll be a guest that I want to see or something like that. that I'll tune into. But um, early Conan, like when Conan was he was doing some out there stuff when he first came on TV. Uh, I was all about it, and I actually um, two times went to uh, went to the show in New York uh, when it was back <laughs> on NBC. Yeah, um, I I loved it. I I was a huge fan, and like I said, it, it's you know it's something I don't. I don't necessarily watch much. Like most of the TV I watch is like sports or news now. I don't watch much entertainment stuff, but um, so I kind of fell out of watching it. But even last night, kind of 
brought me back to a lot of those early days. And what he said last night, which is so true of what it is, but it's so simple, is like his brand was somehow blending insanely smart humor with insanely stupid humor and somehow mixing it in the same sketch and somehow doing it well, which is like very hard to do, but he did find a way to do it. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I'm more of a Corden guy. Okay. I like the karaoke. I like it's, uh, it's he's brilliant. got a little bit of a singing background. At least he thinks he does. Uh, he's riding a golf cart uh, in a recent episode, and uh, Tom Brady starts talking about his changes in musical taste. And uh, he was mocking on his dad, like from the old days, because he's like, I got my dad's car, and he's got like show tunes. He's like, you know, what is this? You know what, Dad? When I'm older, I never gonna listen to show tunes in my car like and now look and, and now it's like literally you know you put it on here the kids are singing oh how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the caribbean by providence and poverty and scholar grow up to be a hero and a scholar it's pretty solid yeah hamilton without by the, lyrics by the way the the writer on the usa today story Lady says Hamilton's opening number isn't the most challenging to sing along to. I'm like, what? That's your reaction <laughs> to Tom Brady and James Corden doing Hamilton in a golf cart? Uh, she says, but it's certainly not the easiest. Brady and Corbin flub the lyrics a few noticeable times, and the clip doesn't include them singing the whole song, which is a bummer. Well, like, what? What? <laughs> who t- who ruins <laughs> Tom Brady Corden singing Hamilton? By the way, that does sound like something I would do. I know. <laughs> Uh, but what? I mean, okay. I mean, there is some pretty challenging hip hop lyrics in the in the musical. And she wants them to pick up. The, they, they were just goofing along and decided to sing the song. Let it go. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So weird. Uh, I should tie in the fact that uh, that was kind of cool that Brady's sitting there singing a show tune, right? Sure. Um, did you see that the pirate with flair uniform is almost guaranteed to come back in Tampa. Sure. So we may see Tom Brady this year with the late seventies, early eighties Buccaneers uniform on alternate helmets. It's going to be great. <laughs> I love it. By the way, I was just thinking the accord and go back. What, what was your favorite carpool karaoke? Do you know? No, no. God, there's so many good ones. I completely lied that I like Corden. I oh, the clips. Yeah. I don't watch the show. Migos one was pretty good. Was it? Yeah, it was, it was great. Really? Yeah. That's the meme, right? From the the meme that they made, yeah, out? they did make one eventually. Yeah, it was great. it was it was a good one. There's all of them are really good though. We're back tonight. Kofi and Company uh, late night happy hour. DC and the Sunshine Man, Dave Koken. Hopefully, we're going to uh, roll in Willie Ramirez as well. Again, ten thirty. That's at Steve Cofield on Twitter. More reaction to what happened in what was going to be a Stanley Cup run for the Vegas Golden Knights didn't turn out that way. Hmm. Really important that we get to this. I know Adam wanted to talk about it. Did you see what happened last night with the Cubs and the Dodgers? Unbelievable. 